The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 333. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You'll find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanAcademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. And that is, a again, a huge hint. I've got a new course coming out this week. But you're not going to get the best deals unless you're already enrolled at McClanahan Academy. They're going to get a great deal at first. If you don't enroll there, you won't get that deal. And if you want the class, you're going to want the deal. And you're going to want this class because... It is just an awesome topic. Okay, so you're going to want it, particularly in the in what I typically do for history. So you're going to want to get it. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com and roll. Get the free class and get the best deals. You can also support. Oh, buy some of the other classes I've got there too. I've got a lot. So uh, get one of those other ones there. I mean, you, you're not going to be let down. It also helps support the show, right? Because you get you get great stuff. You get a great class and you get this free podcast because I can do that. You can also go to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can get one of my books. My newest book is Southern Scribbling. Just going out to Amazon for that one. Anywhere, All the others, you can go anywhere else. But Amazon is the only uh, uh, online retailer that carries my newest book right now, Southern Scribbling. So that's a great book. You're going to want that one too. Uh, you can go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com. It's my fiddle link for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. A lot of great stuff, a lot of great ways. Get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all my gear. Just go click on that shop tab on my page. So many great ways to support the show. And again, share it around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts if you like it. Let's grow the audience and get people thinking locally and acting locally. Now, let's talk about the topic for the day. And it's actually built on a lecture that Tom Woods gave at the Mises Institute, Mises University, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's, it's, a, it's gotten over 130,000 views on YouTube. So that's, that's good. And particularly for a, a near hour-long lecture, you don't often see that for hour-long lectures. You know, most things that get a whole lot of views are you know, 15 minutes. But anything that's an hour long generally doesn't get those kind of views because people just don't want to sit there for an hour listening to a lecture. Not on a video. So... This particular lecture, of course, is about all the things going on in America with the lockdowns and COVID and all this stuff. And uh, it's an interesting lecture. I, I don't want to talk about the specifics of what he says about stats and doctors and everything else and uh, what states are doing and not doing. I want to focus on one particular part of the lecture because it's something I've talked about before. And that has to do with liberty, the meaning of liberty, because you see the entire argument against some of these things is liberty. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, there are different conceptions of liberty. For some, the conception of liberty is the freedom from fear, the freedom from the tyranny of circumstance. This is a puritanical form of liberty. 
And I want to drive this home. There's a reason why I talk about this, because we have to understand how this thing works. And there's an entire culture created around it, and it is the victim culture. Now, there's a couple of different types of victims. There are victims of the lowercase v, and there are victims of the capital V. Now, where I'm getting this from, years ago, when I taught orientation classes at a college, we used a book by a guy named Skip Downing. Now, this book is still in print. I'm surprised in some ways it's still in print because it's an entire refutation of the cancel culture and, uh, and it, not just still in print, it's still used on college campuses. He has big seminars and all kinds of things are going. Now, he gets around some of these PC issues by uh, getting into some kind of uh, left-wing language. But the fact is, his entire premise in chapter 2 of the book is a refutation of cancel culture and victimhood. Because you see, at the very heart of all of these things is victimhood with a capital V. It's a lack of personal responsibility in America. You see, there is the fear of a tyranny of circumstance. And that is, you go out and you get in your car and you're driving down the road and somebody hits you and you die. Now, you're a victim or you're gravely wounded. You're a victim because that was no fault of your own. You were simply driving down the road and somebody hit your car and you weren't doing anything. You're obeying the speed limit. You're driving. You're driving well. You're not doing it. You're not, you're not looking at your phone. You're not texting. You're just driving down the road. And somebody hits you and you're gravely wounded or you know, you're, you're, you're dead after that, right? So this is a horrible thing. But as Tom says, do we outlaw cars? No, because now the Puritans might have outlawed cars because that would be a potential problem. It would be a, a problem with circumstance. They might have done it. I mean, heck, they outlawed Christmas, right? They outlawed all kinds of things. That were, I mean, you think, why in the heck are they outlawing that? Well, because it can cause problems, you see. So what we're looking at today with all the things going on, in some ways we're trying to shield against the potential of you getting sick as, and being a victim with a lowercase v of circumstance. So what we're doing is passing all these states, or, or not passing laws, or just by decree, the governors are saying you got to wear masks, or you got to do this, you got to stay home, got to close down businesses, all of these things. Because the idea is you could be a victim of circumstance. And of course, at the same time, so that is victim with a lowercase v. If you get this virus, and you get sick, and you get gravely ill, and something happens to you, well, then you are a victim with a lowercase v. Because it was under no fault of your own, really, that this happened. You can't control when a virus gets into your body. Now, you can take, though, personal responsibility to try to prevent that virus from happening to you, whether it's washing your hands, trying to avoid sick people. If you are sick, taking the personal responsibility of staying home so you don't get other people sick. These are things you can do. So there is that element to it. But what I want to get into, and he had this little, skip down, he had this little sheet that talked about victim language. And I'm going to read this thing to you because I think it's so clear that that is the real problem. It's not 
the problem in America, again, as I mentioned before in, in a previous one, I talked about Karens. It's not necessarily that these people are, you know, it's not race or class or gender, it's a real problem. It's Yankeeism. And more than that, it's victim, victim mentality with a capital V. You are, everything bad that happens to you is somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's fault that you are the way you are today. It's not your fault. You didn't make bad decisions. You didn't do something horrible. Now, there are some things you can't control, right? You can't control who you're born to. You can't control that at all. You can't control when you're a child where you live and these kind of things. You're a child. These are things you cannot control. You can't control your race. These are things you can't control. There are things you can't control. So to penalize people for those things that are out of their control is immoral and unjust. But so much of what we blame on other people in American society is really a fault of our own. And this is why I was amazed that Skip, Skip Downing, who, who is still publishing this book, with, and still used by hundreds and hundreds of colleges around the country, it gets into this idea. So of, it's called on, on, uh, on Course, I think is what it is. Let me go back and look at it. Yeah, On Course, On Course. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. Now, Skip Downing has an interesting story. He, he, he talks about the fact that you know, he, was, he was depressed all the time. He was teaching in colleges, and nobody's students weren't any good, and he was having financial problems and marital problems and all these things, and he was blaming everybody else for all of his problems. And what he did, what he, he finally had an epiphany and said, you know what, I'm the problem here. Obviously, these things are all happening to me because I'm making these things happen. And so he wrote this book, and good for him because he's made all kinds of money on it. And of course, it's become uh, a sensation again for college freshmen more than anything else. I mean, this this course is taught to college freshmen how to be a better student. But more than that, it's how to live a better life. He has things like diet and finances and all kinds of things in here. How to be better in your life. It's a really great book. And again, I was um, as far as a college textbook, it, it's amazing. And I was uh, shocked when I first started, started teaching this. And it, it is from a major college publisher. It's not some, you know, thing. It's Cengage Learning. That is a huge college publisher, right? So uh, I, I was shocked when I started getting into this. And I taught it. And I said, my gosh, how is he, how is he getting away with this in some ways? This is not fit. Even, even when I was teaching this 15 years ago, it doesn't fit with... The, at that time, even, the narrative of everything that happens to me is somebody else's fault. He calls it victim talk. And it's, it's really interesting. So I want to, let me see if I can go back here just for a second. There's a, this is Accepting Personal Responsibility, the chapter. And he talks about victim and creator language. And this is something that I think we, should, we could all learn from. You know, when yesterday's podcast was on you know, how to be positive and how to do things for yourself, we can all wallow around and say, gosh, you know, these things are, uh, we got all these lockdowns, all this stuff. I mean, we can just sit here and wallow in our own misery and sorrow. Or you can be a creator and try to use that to your advantage and try to make something good out of it. I mean, it's, it's an old adage, right? Uh, you know, make, make a lemonade out of lemons. 
you know, you do these things. It's being a creator rather than a victim. And taking responsibility when you do things wrong. He talks about um, this chapter, he says, empower students to accept a creator role, taking responsibility for creating the outcome and experiences of their lives, including their education, and reject the victim role, giving up complaining, blaming, excusing, and paralyzing self-judgment. One of his things is live more consciously, become more aware of their inner aspects, inner critic, inner defender, and inner guide, among others, and the corresponding inner dialogue that dictates students' subsequent actions. Make wise choices by consciously recognizing important decision points in their lives, identifying all possible options at this point, and making decisions with awareness of their future consequences. Make mature decisions, choosing to make long-term gain more important than immediate pleasure or immediate escape from discomfort. I mean, these are things, this is, this is deep stuff in many ways. He's trying to take college freshmen who are merely reactionary most times and make them think about the things they're going to do before they do them. Now, he's, there's people that are critical of this approach because they're saying that, and there's, I've heard people say that students' brains are not mature enough yet to do this. They don't know what they're doing. They're still immature. Well, in some ways, uh, I mean, you can go back and look at, say, the founding generation at 17 years old. They were making pretty mature decisions at 17, many of them. There's a very famous planter woman, uh, Eliza Pinckney from South Carolina. At 16, she was given control of her father's plantations, and she started planting indigo. I mean, was the first one to do it. 16, she's making pretty mature decisions. So, uh, I mean, this is, this is a cop-out, I think, for a lot of people. Again, it's, it's accepting a victim status in society. And his hope is to gain, gain greater control of the outcomes of their lives. Uh, there is another book, and I can't remember the title of it. It's um, uh, uh, the author of it. I think it's A Purposeful Life, and it gets into this too. One of the exercises they want you to do in that book is, uh, is write your own obituary. What do you want to be remembered for? And, and I think it's purpose-driven life or a purpose life, purposeful life. Again, the title escapes me, but the idea is to, to, to decide how you want to live. So he has this little exercise in the book, which is really interesting. It's the language of responsibility. And I, I think it's funny because as someone who's taught college students, you get these excuses a lot. And what these students are doing is, accepting, is creating a victim mentality for themselves. So, for example, number one, I would be doing a lot better at this college if the teachers were any good. So, the victim would blame the teachers for their lack of success. You can put that into anything in life. I'd be doing a lot better if the system wasn't pushing me down. I'd be doing a lot better if, uh, if uh, you know, this law or if, if this structural situation, and you know what I'm getting at here, didn't make me not achieve things. We're doing a lot better if it wasn't for that. You see, it's an entire victim mentality. It's, it's the same language, just different inter, inter, you know, interchange different words here, and it's the same thing. Number two, they ought to do something about the food around here. They ought to do something about the food around here. Yesterday when I talked about thinking locally and acting locally, this is, thinking locally and acting locally is a creator language. It's trying to get to do something about it. Instead of saying, you know what, 
If somebody would just do something about this around here, about this school board around here, we'd be a lot better off. Well, then go do it. If, if you're going to talk about it, instead of playing the victim, be the creator and go do it. Go do those things. Somebody ought to do something about that. They ought to do something about that. Somebody responded that, you know, this is all hogwash. You know, you, we've got to have libertarians. And, and when, uh, this, this idea of thinking, it's utopian. Having a, a libertarian president is not utopian? I mean, come on now. Controlling the Congress and somehow some utopian single state, that's not utopian? So what can you do? That's, that's victim talk. That's victimhood is what that person essentially was saying. Creator talk is, hey, get out and do something about it. Find your skill and make an impact somewhere on the very small scale, and that will create a better environment for everybody, you see. That's creator talk. Number three, I couldn't come to class because I had to go to the dentist for a checkup. Now, you would say, well, how is this a victim? Well, why did you schedule your dentist appointment when you had to go to class? You could have scheduled that appointment for another time. No. So, I mean, you can look at this like, I couldn't do this because I had to do this other thing. Well, I mean, if it is a, you, sometimes you have to make choices about, you know, I'm going to do this before this. But regardless, you get to manage your time and make choices and put things where they have to go. Number four, you just can't pass a chorus when it's that hard. Uh, that, sta that statement goes back to uh, Tom Paine and the American crisis. And I use this line a lot with, with students when they complain about the difficulty of a course or something like that. And, uh, you know, these are the times that tries men's souls. The summer soldier and sunshine patriot will shrink from his duty in such a crisis. And I'm paraphrasing. You know, the, the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. You can pass it when it's hard, but you have to actually do something about it and be proactive. I had a professor in college tell us at the beginning, the first day of class, Half of you are going to fail and half of you are going to drop. First day of class. It was the hardest class, one of the hardest classes in the, in the major. It was a history major class. I got an A. Why? Because I took that as a challenge. Because I wanted to be the creator in that situation. My boss makes me so angry. Well, again, you control your, your emotions in this. That statue makes me angry. You control your emotions. This is, you're asking, I mean, you're, you're basic, this is, this is what uh, Alistair McIntyre calls emotivism. And I've talked about that on this podcast before, too. You control your emotions. You can control how you think about things and how you react to things. I can't help talking in class. Of course you can. You can help doing it. You control, again, you control your actions and emotions. These are things you can control. When people act out and throw fits like petulant little children running around, you know, things that are going on in society right now in some, some cases, uh, you can control that. You control those things. You are the, uh, the, uh, the person that controls your actions and your emotions. I couldn't get the assignment because I was absent. Yeah, this is more you know, akin to, uh, to students, but still, you could get the assignment. These are things you can control. I couldn't get, keep my appointment with you yesterday because my math teacher made me take a makeup test. Well, I mean, there's so much loading. First of all, why are you taking a makeup test? What did you miss the first test for to begin with? And, uh, you know, you don't schedule the appointment if you know you have to have this thing. So, I mean, uh, two things of personal responsibility. You missed one, and then because of that, you missed something else. People always get angry when they work hard and still fail a course. Again, your emotions. 
There's no, there's no guarantee because you're going to work hard, you're going to be successful. I mean, this happens to successful people all the time. They work hard and they do something and it doesn't work. And then, well, I can get angry about it or I can try to be proactive and try to do something else and make it better. I couldn't attend class because I had to drive my mother to work. Again, blaming somebody else for your situation. There had to be, there's got to be some other way around that. There always is. I would have called you, but my daughter got sick. Again, blaming somebody else. They don't know what they're doing around here. They don't know what they're doing around here. Blaming somebody else for everything that's wrong. That's victim talk. We're all victims, passive victims, and all of these things that are happening to us. We have no control of it. Now, again, there are things in life you have no control over. I really don't have, at the end of the day, any control over what laws the government passes. I can vote. I can try to participate in my elections. I can do all those things. But at the end of the day, I really don't have control over that. So Downing would say, well, I mean, be creative and try to work with it the best you can and do something to try to change it. Use your skill. I couldn't get to class on time because my last teacher kept us late. Again, I tried calling him, but he's never home. I don't have time to do my homework. Again, looking at management, personal responsibility, these things are important things for anybody, particularly when we're talking about what to do with the mess of modern American society. Everyone feels helpless. Everyone feels like they can't do anything about it, but they really can because you can affect. This is think locally, act locally. You can affect a small area. You can control what happens in your home life for the most part. I mean, or at least have a major role in that. You can't control everybody in your household. They're people. But you can have a major role in that. You can have a major role what happens in your community if you want to. You can be active there. You can try to, to change the direction of things. And there's going to be people that disagree with you and what you're doing, of course. But you try to find people that think like you, and these are things that you can do to try to control your outcomes. You can control. This is where the... The idea of the gig economy comes from. you got your primary job. You do your things on the side to try to make a little extra cash so you can control your financial well-being. You can control how much money you spend. You can control how much debt you have. You can control all of those things. Those are things entirely within your control. So you cannot be the victim when those things happen to you. You cannot control all the time when you get sick. And you can't pass legislation in reality that prevents everyone from getting sick. And no one would have the, no one would think of this except in a current political situation when, you know, we're, we're just in a hysteria. I mean, this is what happens because of the freedom of the tyranny of circumstance, the, the, the tyranny of circumstance. This idea of liberty that is freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. That drives, and that's a victim mentality. Capital V mentality. Everybody else is doing this to me. So I got to pass legislation to where it won't happen to me. That's a victim mentality. Instead of working within it, knowing that there are things that can happen, you can't control all of that. And the best thing to do will be to try to use creative methods, not forcing everyone else to do something, but to make your life better. A positive attitude. Again, I, I insisted on someone at this point, this is when we need positivity the most right now. It's easy to get down. We need positivity the most right now because this is the time we're going to need it. Things are going to get worse, I think, uh, what we're facing right now. The economy is going to get worse. It's going to get worse. The, 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 all this money that's out there that people have been getting, all that's going to go away. 
it's going to get worse. And what are people going to do? All the jobs that have been lost, everything. There's a speculation that there's millions of jobs that are never going to come back. Now, we've heard that before. It depends on what people do, how creative they are, and what they're going to do moving forward. These are things that are outside of our control. And in reality, everyday life, I can't control what the governor does to mandate masks or uh, what, what the governor says, what, what restaurants or businesses are going to close. But I can try to be proactive and try to uh, work with those things and find a way to make it work for me. So this is being proactive and what everybody should be doing in this particular situation. It is, but it's this concept of liberty that's working. We have two concepts of liberty. One, liberty to do things to better and liberty, uh, freedom from and freedom to. These are two concepts of liberty clashing right now. This is, I mean, this is, we're seeing it on a daily basis in our societies. Freedom to and freedom from. The people that are really pushing all, all the lockdowns and everything, that's a freedom from. They want freedom from these things. The freedom to people are saying, you know, I should have freedom not to wear a mask because it does. I can't breathe in the thing. Or I should have freedom to go out and personal responsibility, wash my hands, take care of myself. And then, of course, there's the tyranny of circumstance. It could happen. So you could get sick. Something could happen. And those are horrible things. So you have to weigh that out yourself. But... And that's, uh, so again, I'm building this off of the lecture Tom Woods gave, which is a great lecture. You should go watch it. And just kind of explaining a couple of things here and how this, this really does work within a philosophical standpoint. And this Skip Downing on-course stuff, which I still find fascinating today after well over a decade of teaching it. I, I thought it was, it was right on point in that particular part of getting students to think actively about what they can do to make their lives better. It's a positive affirmation of what you can do to improve yourself, just like I talked about yesterday. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time. See you then. <laughs>